0: Hello and welcome back to the Donkeys Garage for episode 25. This is a special episode. I won't be covering a specific race. Um, Instead, I would like to share my opinion with regards to the Red Bull saga on the whole budget regulation. Um, Earlier last week, we learned that uh, Red Bull had been found guilty of breaching the budget regulation, uh, which in a nutshell uh, provided that teams had a maximum ceiling of hundred and forty five million dollars uh, to spend on development um, these covered uh, mostly um, R&D so the the um, salary the, the payment of uh, of uh, drivers for instance was not covered so this was essentially a way to help um, smaller teams have an opportunity um, in, 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 in winning, in, in, in being relevant in the sport. Um, in, in, in a way, it's a, it's a way of, uh, of evening the, the playing field. And foremost, perhaps in the mind of the drafters and those who um, supported the regulation, it was a way to uh, promote, attract new manufacturers into the sport um we've we've known that the the f i o since it's been brought by bought by the americans they've been very keen on on giving it a very international profile as opposed to perhaps being a sport more of a european nature um the the spending uh, that was going into formula one by big teams was about four hundred million dollars uh, which is a very significant amount of money and only a handful of teams were able to come with this kind of uh, portfolio and spend it on developing a car, two cars for that matter. Uh, this was namely Ferrari, Mercedes, Red Bull. And uh, in, in in the last years, it's I think the dominance of, of uh, this uh, handful of teams has been really down to this point uh, where... You're looking at uh, these teams spending such amount of money, such a vast amount of money, um, that is incredible, uh, compared to Williams, for instance, has who have a budget of um, slightly over a hundred million dollars. So, of course, uh, the difference of three hundred million dollars—it's going somewhere. It's not just vanishing, and that is in research and development, bringing new parts. And, and being at the edge of technology. Uh, we've seen in the past um, smaller teams are simply not able to keep up with the development program of bigger teams. They are simply not able to, to develop as much and these uh, the, the smaller budgets really put a cap on what they can do. Um, these also translate into the fact that big manufacturers are the one that are then selling the parts uh, to smaller teams who then purchase as, 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 as um clients. And then they are very limited in what they can do. Uh, for instance, Williams uh, have been uh, purchasing the engine, the the gearbox, the suspension from their uh, from the Mercedes team, and of course, um, at the end, you find that these bigger teams kind of grow even bigger, whereas the smaller ones shrink. Um, it's very much, I think, a portrayal of society in a in a in a in a nutshell. Um, perhaps, well, it's, 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 we're not going to turn into politics, but um, when you reach a certain a certain degree of power of 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 economic power. It kind of money kind of comes to you and, and well, consolidates and and turns you even bigger, even more st- stronger. Uh, whereas uh, when you are short in money, it seems that um, it just flows out of your of your pocket even faster. So um, I mean, it's been no no secret that smaller teams have found it very difficult to to keep up with the with the level of expenditure in the sport. Uh, teams are where. In the days um, of uh, had massive resources, such as McLaren, um, happened to join the other team in the last years, where they went from being one of the majors uh, players with with unlimited almost and uh, limited pockets to being really um, against the wall when it came to 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 to, to the budget. Uh, McLaren has been selling some of their cars in order to raise money. They've now sold the McLaren Technology Center to a investors in order to raise money. It's been a a a challenge for all these teams to keep up. And you see that even some of the big ones have fallen and are now struggling with it with budget. Um, we 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 know that uh, there's some manufacturers that stand in between. Uh, for instance, McLaren now seem to be recovering a bit and there are about 150-160 million dollars um, they, or they could reach 160 million dollars uh, per season uh, other teams that have uh, relatively big resources are uh, Aston Martin um, but I mean the most most of them are falling into, into the short pockets as opposed to the big ones that, that are there and of course um, as I say Big pockets usually translates into winning um, championships. There's only one example that comes to mind where big pockets never translated into anything in the sport. And that was the case of a Toyota back in the days um, where in the, in the, in the seasons 2006-2007, they were the teams with the uh, biggest resources for that matter. And unfortunately, they never got anywhere. And I, I I was really uh, interested to read on the opinion on on this matter by Ross Brown, who used to be uh, Ferrari's uh, t- uh, team principal, and he used to say that Toyota had this philosophy in, in the sport where they they were very anchored in in the Japanese way, and they never really adapted to the European method of doing the sport and that's why they they failed to, to kind of uh materialize all those all that money into into winning um which is quite unfortunate because they left the sport um and i think they brought a lot of uh, fans they brought a lot of uh, of positive aspects into into the sport but uh coming back to the Red Bull saga uh, at the beginning there were rumors um that the 20 uh, 2021 season um had been um well, there had been some issues with the with the budgets and well we don't need to 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 really go into the details but we know that the 2021 season was a really heated one between Red Bull and Mercedes uh, the development uh, of the cars was a very important aspect. It was going to decide uh, at the end of the season who would win the championship, both the drivers and constructors. And when you are at that kind of level, um, every part plays a role. And falling behind just even slightly um, has a major, major consequence. And that it was that Verstappen would have lost the... The title, I think, had they well fallen behind just slightly, the car would not f- given that that, ex- that that performance in order to keep up with Mercedes, and they would have eventually lost the championship. So uh, before I get into into any more detail, um, I think that we have to th- kind of consider uh, what is the FIA, the Fédération Internationale de, de l'Automobile, uh, is it really a regulatory body is it a judicial body or is it a club a federation or a club that organizes this the sport but which at the end of the day does not really answer to the to the strict call of transparency and um, and and governance in in the way that a state or a international body would do. I think they are a bit more opaque by nature. I think they are simply uh, the organisers, but they don't have to fall into this very strict category where all their decisions um, have to be based on on principles of law. Uh, they of course um but well, they they draft the technical regulations they provide for for all these aspects which are akin to uh, laws they are norms regulations blah blah blah. but when it comes to deciding infringements to these documents to these legal documents um i'm not really sure that we can really compare them we can really uh, set them against a judicial body. And when I think about Formula One, I mean, especially back in the days, Formula One was a one man's job and that was Bernie Ecclestone. I mean, he was the president of Formula One. He owned it and he ran Formula One as if it was his private garden. He controlled the sports he had the foam, the AA Formula One, and then there was the FIA. The FIA for the longest time was um, was led by um, um, Max Mosley, a very um, relevant um, person in the sport. He was the president of the FIA, then was Jean Todd. And all these people, they... Well, they had to face um, different challenges throughout their tenure. They, they, there were scandals. But all these scandals, all these decisions that le- that came after the scandals, they were not publicized in the way that we are witnessing at the moment. And when I, what I'm trying to convey is that these people would call the different teams or the different parts involved in the scandal, in the, in, the, in the breaches of the regulations... And in an office, most likely that of Bernie Eccleston, they would sit down, drink whiskey, smoke a cigar or cigarette. Um, And Bernie Eccleston, and uh, probably with the support of the FIA, they would come to a decision that the team would pay and everything would go away quietly, no need to involve the press, no need to involve any any, any sort of concept as transparency or so on. And they would, um, well, keep on with their lives. I mean, at the end of the day, they was a business and you're not there to harm its reputation. You're there rather the opposite, to to and to to make it flourish, to attract bigger teams and so on. And uh, it's 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 a trend nowadays. Everything is 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 turned into a, a court of law. I mean it's ironic that I am so much against it um, given my background. I studied law and yet I think what they're doing with the FIA is, is despiteful. I mean, as simple as that. They have turned the sport into, into a, a parody, into some kind of um, play like that you could, that you could go and, and see at the theater. The FIA, yes, they publish the budget regulation, of course, and there's an infringement, correct? The question is, what do you do? You now have the knowledge, you have done the account, and you know that there is an infringement. And if I were the head of the FIA, I would have said, well, we need to cut the, the issue from its roots. You know, you need to really uproot it. And the only way to do that is to well, disqualify the team altogether from the Constructors' Championship. I mean, the decision they've taken of, well, sanctioning, uh, giving a penalty of $7 million and a reduction of 10% on the wind tunnel to Red Bull is insignificant, in my opinion. I think it's ridiculous. It's, it's almost a mockery of what, the, what they've done with, the, with the, this decision, this so-called sanction. Because if you're a big team, what is that you've learned? What is the outcome of this decision? What does it translate into? And if I were Mercedes or if I were Ferrari at this moment in time, I would say well, the consequences are not so dire. Um, At worst, I have to pay a financial fine, which given my big pockets, I can do. I mean, 7 million dollars to the everyday man, it would ruin us. But to teams of the nature of Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, well it's seven million dollars. Well seven million dollars is probably what they spend in a Christmas dinner. So yeah, it's a big money, but if you set it against the amount of money you win, if you win the championship, I think the well the the result of winning the championship outweighs any financial penalty that you could suffer. Damage to your reputation? Yeah, but who is going to remember in five years time that you were uh, handed a, a 7 million uh, fine? That you won a Constructors' Championship or not, legally or, or illegally? I mean, who even remembers who is second in the Drivers' Championship after three years? Nobody. I mean, everybody remembers Sebastian Beto winning four Dri- um, Drivers' Championship. But who remembers who, was, who came second in the, in the standings? A few, maybe, passionate F1 fans will remember that it was Fernando Alonso. And most likely, those who remember it is that they were Fernando Alonso fans. But otherwise, who remembers the one who comes second? I mean, there was a quote by Ayrton Senna. That he said, second is the one is the first one of the losers. And, well, it's very much the case. I mean, if you put into perspective, for instance, the McLaren spy gate, the cra- a crash, a crash gate um, involving Greno in Singapore, and so on, how many people really remember it? And... Out of those who remember it, how many of us remember the details? Ah, probably not that many. We remember maybe the McLaren, it was involved with Ferrari. They had a bit of an issue about some designs. But memory is very short in general, you know? And um, well, I think this decision by the FIA involving Red Bull has really come and crystallized. The biggest fears or the worst fears I had for the sport, which is now it's a free for all. You can breach the regulations. You can ignore them vehemently. And you know that nothing too bad is going to happen. I mean, Ferrari developed an engine that allegedly was illegal. And the FIA then handed it in the way that I would have done it. They called him into room and said Ferrari there seems to be a bit of an issue with your engine and Ferrari said no 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 and then they came out of that room having had a zip of whiskey and probably a cigar or not maybe a glass of water uh, given the nature of our current t- times and the engine kind of really got let down easily and they went back to another engine which was a bit less powerful and at the time yeah a lot of people said a lot of things but nowadays it's just the distant past but with the decision in the Red Bull case they've done the opposite instead of letting it down and letting time do its work, they've allowed these to create precedents. Precedents, which means Red Bull, Ferrari or Mercedes next year, they will happily go on and breach the technical regulations, knowing that the worst that can happen is losing a beat here and there. I mean, the most impactful um part of the decision was to lose 10 percent in the wind tunnel which that is a big thing because wind tunnels essentially is where you test your product but even so probably the computer generated designs are so advanced that you can maybe bridge the the gap um, with that you've lost in in the wind tunnel And now, having ascertained that there was a breach in the technical regulation, there is one aspect that comes to mind. And that is, was the title conferred on Verstappen one fair and square? And everyone knows that I am not a big Hamilton fan, Sir Hamilton. I am not just simply because, well, I'm still feeling um, some bitter after 2007 taste, really didn't get over that 2007 season, but... I mean, regardless of of how I feel about Hamilton, how I be, feel about the sport is when you get behind a wheel, and the lights go off. It's a sport that requires a certain degree of sportsmanship, of gentlemanship. In that sense, you win by being fair and square with your rivals. And if you're not fair and square, then you can't truly really trust the, next, the driver next to you. It's not really moral in that sense. And I think something that pictures this really well is the cars, the movie involving Lightning McQueen, um, when they're driving and at the final race for the Piston Cup. The green car wins the the, t- the title by playing it dirty, and Lightning McQueen goes and rescues Juno. Uh, and while yes, the title goes to the green car, they no one is happy with it. I mean, they 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 have to give him the the, the crown, the the piston cup, and so on, but he doesn't really win it morally. And I think these. Situation with Red Bull last year calls into question who was the, the 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 driver that won it fair and square. And if you think about what I said earlier, every single opportunity to develop the car counts towards winning the championship especially in years that are so tense as previous as the 2021 season falling behind just a millimeter as a millisecond would have would have meant that red bull maybe didn't have a car that was powerful enough um aerob- um enough um, efficiently enough the aerodynamics the engine something would have fallen behind and Lewis would have won um, Verstappen is undoubtedly an, uh, one of the best drivers that have been on the grid in, in maybe ever. He's insanely quick. He's tenacious. He's, I mean, he's, he's just uh, smart in the, in the way he, he drives. He's aggressive. He's probably everything you want to see in a driver. And especially now that he's calmed down compared to when he started his Formula One um, journey. He's become a much more complete driver. But winning has to be done within the rules. And that's that's what kind of binds the sports together. You come and, and do a sports that is... Well, kind of encircled by a set of rules, and it and and the winner is that who makes the best out of those those rules. But if you go out of your way and 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 well and infringe those rules, then you're no longer kind of playing it within the boundaries. And I'm not sure if it's if it's fair to say that. It was for Lewis to win the uh, 2021 season. Uh, We will never know whether without the breach, if the car would have been any slower or or it would have been exactly the same. Um, Christian Horner is really adamant about the fact that the amount that was uh, spent over the limit didn't translate into any... um, anything in, in the car into into any gains um, I mean maybe you can't really assess it without the data in front of you um, is it a material breach uh, what, whatever they've called it is it, is, it, is it below a certain threshold that is so insignificant that it doesn't really translate into anything um, I don't really know, but it does. It does beg the question of would he have won the title without that uh, breach? And I think, in in a very Canton uh, philosophy, um, the breaching the regulation even one cent is enough to be to 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 really qualify qualify the breach as immoral because, well. That is part of the of the foundation of the rules. You have to stick within, this set of boundaries, this, within the set of boundaries, within the set of 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 rules, if you want to be part of the game. And even one cent over the 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 regulation would constitute an infringement, which then turns your behavior immoral towards the rest of the players. I mean, I know that the way the regulation has been drafted is a well mirrors the way uh, tax regulations work in many countries um, and i mean it's there's no fundamental uh, issue with it other than it promotes infringement uh if you are well versed into into the financial world into the tax world You will know that uh, governments have these two um, measures where if you infringe certain rules um, below a certain threshold, they will uh, fine you with a certain amount and they will consider it um, done. And then they will um, fine you and maybe there will be a criminal sanction um, if you go over a certain threshold. And what this has developed over the years is that companies or individuals are very, very acute in the way that they infringe certain laws. Because, well, they, they simply do an assessment of how much do, may they win by breaching the law and how much would they lose, would they lose if they do it and very often what you find is that certain companies or individuals will go on and and and, and well infringe those rules in certain in in the in the field of uh, financial or tax regulations or even anti money laundering or blah 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 knowingly that they're going to get a financial uh, fine but they still do it because they win more by doing it than by sticking to the rules and I think it is this kind of behavior that is being encouraged in Formula 1 and well I cannot but express my disappointment with the uh, FIA with I mean with with the whole sport in in a way I think uh, of course these discussions are held also with the with the FIA and uh, in, including Formula One, the the owners of Formula One, and they must have been. I hope they they I hope they they've been upset about how these turned out. Um, there were rumors at the beginning that the FIA was trying to get Red Bull to admit to to the to the bridge of the budget regulation, which they didn't want to do it because they said they, they would um, lose face. Um, they would uh, incur um, reputational damage, blah, blah, blah. And I think I've heard, I've, I did hear the worst or the best um, excuse for that matter, which was Christian Horner saying that um, all these saga was affecting the team and it was putting mental health at risk, and I mean that feels like a slap in the face um, I mean mental health is a very important thing, and it is a serious thing, but foremost it is a genuine thing that a lot of people go through um it manifests itself in many ways, but it is just, it should not be something that you use as a shield um to escape the sanction that, or, 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 or the or yeah, the sanction that you're going to get for for doing something that is in the first place illegal or is not within the rules um, yeah I think this this was even more immoral than breaching the regulation itself uh, it felt like an insult very much. And the whole narrative um when he went um uh, and took the the microphone and he made it sound like uh the whole thing was fabricated that the whole thing was some kind of made up story um by the media by the teams um I mean I think when you've reached that point and the FIA has found a breach. you might as well just go out and say well you know we are sorry Um, we do you know we there was a mistake we didn't mean to blah 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 but at least you acknowledge that you've done it and you don't try to make it look like it's some sort of 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 Disney world of Disney story that that, uh, everyone has, has made up to to kind of bring you down I mean at the end of the day, when you listen to Christian Horne, it seems that nothing of what is being reported is, is true. He was saying how um, allegedly they had infringed the regulation. And as far as I know, at least in law, once the judge has found you guilty of of, of, well, of an offence, you can no longer say it's alleged. I mean, if he's put a name and a family name to the offense too late, you have to go through and serve your 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 um, serve your whatever the word is. I forgot it. Your term, serve your term. And yeah, I mean, that's that's how how it comes down. And I just want to end up with a um, short um Anecdote, uh, when, I, when I was younger and, um, and I was in doing uh, in, in one of this, the, the junior categories uh, in go-karting. Um, I remember I was at Spa, I was driving and I don't really know what sparked the whole thing, but I must have, I guess, um, bumped somebody a bit too hard. And I got waved a black and orange flag. Uh, no, black and white flag, sorry. Once. And I, I I was driving and things go fast. And for some reason, I think I didn't see it. Or at least so I thought at the time. And a couple laps later, they, they black flagged me. With my number on it. I was driving number 13, ironically. Um, I was, I mean, I've always been a very superstitious Um, but for some reason uh, I think it's because I couldn't drive number three which has always always been my number and I for some reason decided to drive number 13 which I mean it always brought me good good fortune so nothing to complain about but whatever going back to my story Um, I was black flagged and so I went back into the pits and I looked at dad and I said what what on earth is happening I mean why have I been black flagged and he was a lawyer he was a he was a a solicitor barrister attorney attorney for everyone to understand and so he was someone with quite quite a bit of temper, to be honest and he didn't understand it either I mean no one had seen that first um, uh warning and so he went to the stewards and the stewards poor them they were um well they were not ready to <laughs> to face um a lawyer at that very moment and so he brought out his full array of of tools and he went up to the stewards to the marshals and he he, uh, I went with him and he asked me, did you see the first uh, flag? Flag, And I said, well, I don't recall it. I mean, in full honesty, I do not recall it. Maybe it was there, but I cannot say I did. And uh, he brought a couple of other witnesses that didn't see either. And so he, he really bullied the FIA into withdrawing their decision. And then it turned out I wasn't disqualified anymore. Uh, I ended up blessed because, I mean, when the chequered flag was waved, I was not on track anymore. But I was not disqualified, which was important in terms of of points. Um, And so, that, that day, I learned that stewards, they could be bullied. I mean, with sufficient art and skills, you can pull the the, the 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 marshals, which in this case were just a handful of uh, volunteers. Um, well, I mean, uh, being arbiters of of the of, of of for 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 some kids to go around the track. But even in in the big sports and where money is even more important, such is the case, and it remains very much the same principle where. Where you can overturn a decision with a skillful skillful lawyer um, and some good arguments. And that is unfortunate because the FIA is not a court of law. I think when the FIA takes a decision, it should stand valid. And it sounds like a dictatorship. Yes, but as strong executives. Are needed, and one of the characteristics of strong executives, or executive bodies, is that their decisions are not subject to appeal. They're not subject to, to, to negotiation, and that's one of the key definitions of being an absolute monarch, or being a dictator. Yes, but in this kind of uh, sports, in this kind of uh, atmosphere, where big money is involved and where all of the players are wolves you need a very strong executive that can kind of keep the, the calm, keep the these beasts away and hold them accountable and hold them within their reins. and at the moment what we see is that since the Toto era Team principals have come to the opposite conclusion where they shout loud enough, they bring money well big big money enough, and they eventually manage to turn the FIA and the sports in general into their own private show, into their own puppets. And that is very disappointing. I think that was something that was kind of Sparked last year between Toto Wolf and Christian Horner, and the consequences of it are going to last for a long, long time. And I can I cannot but but fathom that the con the the consequences in the long term are going to be very, very negative for for all of us, for the drivers, for the teams, for the fans, for everyone. And it's kind of it's kind of saddening. I wish I I saw. A more full-bodied executive, a more stronger executive, that even if it's not transparent in the in the hopes of or in the likes of, of of governments and this whole trend, modern trend about transparency, accountability, blah blah blah, that it could really make the sport shine, could make the sport kind of flourish into a into what it should be, which is bringing the best out of drivers on track and bring, bringing the best out of ma- manufacturers in, in research and development and kind of living aside all the blah, blah, blah politics and, and all that that has come lately that, that is kind of, well, it's, it's diverting the energy and diverting the, the, the nature of, of, of pervading the, the nature of, of the sport and well with that um i w- i would like to thank you everyone it has actually turned to be a bit longer episode than i expected 40 minutes um but that was my opinion you can you can probably feel how gutted i am i was really disappointed and i will stress it again again and again uh but of course all these all that i have said is my opinion is my personal opinion and it does not reflect in any way whatsoever um a generalized opinion or it does not um aim to be a a opinion uh, of an expert it's merely of a uh, well of a go-kart driver and the opinion of a fan so with that said uh thank you very much for listening to these special episodes um i would like to to call anyone who is listening um, to join me on an episode uh, organize it either in person or over um, a conference call uh, to cover some topics such as this Red Bull saga, perhaps share their opinion or an assessment on how the uh, season went about anything that you might think is interesting. Uh, please, if you want to join the show, Uh, let me know. You can uh, reach me on Instagram, you can reach me um, over the phone, you can reach me absolutely anywhere you like or leave a message. Um, Well, with that said, thank you very much for listening and have a good day. Thank you very much.